Hey guys, it's Anna, your favourite Still Legit host, uh, just dropping in before the episode itself starts to take a moment to highlight an issue that is relevant to today's podcast and indeed to our guest and to Emily and I, and that is the issue of racism towards East Asians in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic. So if you're listening in real time, you'll probably know that there's been a big uptick in violent racism towards East Asians and general racist abuse. In the UK, there's been a threefold increase. I've seen a lot of really awful stuff coming out of America, um, where basically people are using the coronavirus pandemic as an excuse to be awful racists, awful, terrible racists. So obviously we at Still Legit are not fans and we thought we'd take a moment to highlight a few resources. I won't go through them all here. I'm going to put them in the show notes, but also you can find out more information by Googling We Are Not A Virus or End The Virus Of Racism. That will take you to certain things, petitions. There's a crowdfunder being set up to start a not-for-profit organisation to tackle racism towards East Asians in the UK. So that's a worthy thing to do. Um... And actually, our guest today has a really great rundown of it in her Instagram highlights. So check that out. All of those will be linked in the show notes today and enjoy the show. Emily Loisaini, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Anna Leon Brophy, and I've got a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. Do you understand the words coming out of my mouth? (laughs) Do you speak any English? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It's time for an episode of Still Legit, where we're going to be looking at Rush Hour. I've never seen you so excited. I am so excited and I can see that our guest is excited as well. Yeah, proper fist pumps going off on the Zoom call. We're going to be looking at whether or not Rush Hour is still legit through our modern day wide awake eyes. Well, it was, yeah, well, modern wide awake eyes. I've watched it twice in the last bloody month. It's a classic. (laughs) Um, Joining us to help do that is the incredible person, incidental stand-up, Evelyn Mark. <laughs> Yay. Hello. Incidental stand What does that mean? I mean, you're an incredible person, but aside from that, you also happen to be an amazing stand-up. Oh, oh I see. You know how I heard it? Like accidental? <laughs> like- Basically, I panicked because I was like, why do I never think about putting together an intro for people that are guesting? <laughs> no, I like what you did, mate. I like what you did. Me too. Me too. It was to the point. That's all I need, really. <laughs> so happy to have you here. Oh, I'm really happy to be here, too. And I'm so excited about Rush Hour because it's one of my favorite films. Had that reconfirmed it's so to me great. last night. <laughs> Just before we do, can I really quickly mention that in this, in this trio, um, Emily is the wrong kind of Asian. Which rarely happens. <laughs> and also, me and Evelyn both have dyed our hair blonde in lockdown. (laughs) We have, we have. And it's amazing. Like Anna, when I, uh, because I posted on Instagram that I was going to do it and Anna directly was like, do you need advice? This is what you need to do. (laughs) And like, just gave me so much great advice. And I thank you so much for it because like, I think that's the only reason my hair is still on my head. Well, if I had 
any influence over that because your hair looks, looks fit. fantastic. I'm so glad it didn't oh, turn out you. green. Anna would have been in so much yeah. trouble. <laughs> I know. I know. This podcast would not be going ahead. Um, do you love it? Do you, oh are you gosh. into it? I really am, surprisingly, because I'm, I'm. Yeah, it's like I didn't expect it to to suit it really me, suits but you. It does. That shade is great, yeah, guys. It's sort of a like a very pale, ashy blonde. Uh huh. Slight blue or silvery thing on it. Yeah, I had. Um, I put in some purple uh, toner in the mix, and so I think in the kind of base, what? it's kind of darker and purplish. But then I've done like silver shampoo or purple shampoo so much on it. It came out gray right after Tony. Right. And I was like, oh, no. So, I mean, we have proof in the film of what happens if you dye East Asian hair blonde and then you don't <laughs> put toner. <laughs> it's just yes. it's just an orange. <laughs> you become uh, a bad guy. You become a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I came out looking like Julian Assange when I first came out, like the first dye. I was like, yeah, this is not very good. <laughs> I've made a huge I'll, mistake. Um, I'll stay in the embassy, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Rush Hour oh, is uh, one of your favourite films. One of my favourite films, yes. Do you then want to give us the blurb of Rush Hour for the people, for the listeners who have not seen it? Yeah. No oh, pressure. my gosh. Yes, I would be honoured. So, Rush Hour is the story of uh, two police officers who need to... S- who are at odds at first because they're from different cultures, but then through like putting their heads together to solve this crime to save a little girl, they become friends. Lovely. Oh. <laughs> I love how you <laughs> you've totally sidelined the sort of kidnap of a woman yeah. and the bad guy who's just like it's about friendship. <laughs> it's about friendship <laughs> and the jokes you can tell when you're friends with somebody <laughs> of a different race. <laughs> When they've got no one to rely on but you, the racism you can get away with. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. All directed by a white guy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, Anna, would you add any detail to that for anyone who hasn't listened? Watched even? Only that there's, yeah, they're saving this girl because a bad guy is trying to extort money. There's a bad guy, basically. That's what unites <laughs> the two guy. friends. That's, that's just the one detail. There's that's a bad guy. Friends are yeah. for. <laughs> can we can we spoil? Like, is a, a Emily spoiler. hates it, but we should. We have to. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to. Unfortunately, when we say the end, I get really it. upset. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, that's so funny. Because I was just gonna say, like, well, okay, so the bad guy is British. But I feel like it's such a good metaphor for colonialism. Oh my god, I've got that written down. Yeah, because he's such a perfect personification of white privilege and cultural imperialism. It's hey, it's nice to see white guy, bad guy. Very, very white nice. British guy. Yeah, exactly. White British guy, and he's trying to steal artifacts. Hundred percent. He's trying to steal he's Chinese like, artifacts. This was my. In fact, do you know what? Let's do a check in, and then yeah. we'll get it. We'll get right back to the white bad guy. Can I just say, Anna, yes. this is the first time we've been so excited to jump in with Evelyn. We haven't even said what the podcast is about. But I don't think we should. Oh. I think it's become clear. <laughs> yeah. Go and listen to a previous episode. You'll see what we're about. Oh. Are you here for it or not? Okay, we're going to get stuck Yeah, in. just read the blurb. <laughs> You're right. Well, let's see here. Oh, actually, something did happen. So I went on a Hindu, oh. um, like, uh, two weeks ago. A socially in, in real distant- life? 
in real life because I'm in Sweden. And What's the vibe oh. in Sweden? Lockdown. Oh, like the coronavirus doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. So the people of Sweden have mm-hmm. been a lot more cautious than the government generally. Is that true? So, yes, sort of. It's like... It's weird because Swedes are probably generally socially distant anyway. <laughs> like if you right. look at a Swede, like they like to keep their like kind of distance from people. But the thing is, the government basically says that um, they haven't put in any rules like or one rule. You can't be over 50 people at a gathering, but you can still go to restaurants. But the restaurant has to like have socially distant seating. And you can still go out and get food and stuff, but in shops, like they have that thing of like, oh, please keep your distance. If like you want. they have markers on the ground. If you want, basically, um, there there's no like, oh, wear a mask and stuff. Right. But so some people, I mean, some people do keep their distance and try to be careful, and then others just don't give a crap. Like they'll be right, like in your face or behind you, just breathing on your neck. And um, it's interesting because that does influence how people are thinking because my parents still go out. They still don't think it's like the, they're like, as long as I wash my hands, I'm fine. And I'm like, please don't take public transport. Yeah, yeah. Please just. Yeah. Why do all the parents think they're invincible? I don't, I don't is know. It now? You all asking our parents to not go out like this weird I flip. Know. <laughs> so how are you doing, Evelyn? So I'm okay. Um, I went on a Hindu because my best friend, that I've known since childhood is got married. She was supposed to have a big wedding, but they canceled it and she, they still wanted to, you know, get married. So they had like a tiny ceremony in her husband's parents garden and just invited like family and a few friends. And I was one of the friends. Exactly. (laughs) And so uh, the three friends that were invited thought, yeah, we should give her like a Hindu. So we decided we're going to go up to a coastal town where Basically, you can cycle around the archipelago and just kind of like swim hop or what's it called? Like we went swimming in a bunch of different places, just cycling around. I'm so upset. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, we went to a pond a few weeks ago. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And everybody was there. And so we had to leave. (laughs) Yes. But it was it was very nice. But when we got there, the plan was we were going to rent bikes. And so we rented bikes at this little hostel run by this old Swedish lady. And she was weird. <laughs> like she was friendly, but also weird. Because when she... <laughs> so my friend, the bride-to-be, asked to borrow the bathroom. And she was like, yeah, you can borrow the bathroom if you take off your shoes before you go inside. Yeah. And we were like, okay. Yeah, we love going barefoot to I'd the like toilet. to do the opposite yeah. of that. Thank you very <laughs> much. to put more shoes on, please. <laughs> yeah. And so she, she, we were like, okay, that's weird, but whatever. We're going to just get the bikes. And then after we've uh, paid and everything, she's like, oh, so where are you guys from ethnically? Because oh, no. you're not Swedish, are you? Oh, God. <laughs> we were like, really? Wow. Yeah. And so my friends were just kind of stumped because we were like, okay, we have options here. Either call her out on what she's saying so or let's just, just say... Were all your friends brown? Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to jump to conclusions, well, but Evelyn is brown. She's my kind of brown. Yeah. 
we're beige yeah, we're beige they? we're like we're off-white <laughs> exactly. exactly that like eggshell we're eggshell yeah we're eggshell we have um, an eggshell patina <laughs> <laughs> that's how i roll though because that's uh, the bride is chinese the um one of the friends is turkish and the other one's from former yugoslavia so like it's like More, yeah the benetton crew yeah same. exactly that's how we roll and so um we just kind of i was like i don't want to deal with this i was just tell her what she wants and i was like yeah we're from here and here and here and then there's an awkward silence and she's like um yeah the reason that i asked you that is because we have like a deal here if uh, you're not ethnically swedish you get half off what (laughs) yeah i think that's what they call positive discrimination That's so bizarre. What a roller coaster. It's so also, weird. they don't she doesn't have to ask you that question to know whether or not you're ethnically Swedish. You, yeah. you might have dyed your hair, but you are clearly not ethnically Swedish. <laughs> Maybe that was what threw her. She was like, she is blonde. And it has been sunny. But it has been really sunny. That's so funny. And we were like, okay, so well great if we want to stay over tonight then it's half off and she's like no 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 not tonight like in the low season so like september what (laughs) like uh, that is bonkers surely what she means is like if you're a tourist from out of town like out of sweden then you get a cut price Uh not like if you've lived next door all your life yeah but you happen to be (laughs) turkish and speak like pretty like we have we're all fluent in sweden because you're swedish (laughs) Because we're Swedish. Also, not now. Oh, no, not now. Yeah, not yeah. while there's people here. <laughs> not while there's ethnically Swedish people saying. Come back when the when the Swedes don't want to be here. That's when that's when you can come back. And so and also like we were we had so many questions. We were like, okay, do you mean like I mean we have passports, so are are we Swedish? Or are we like are we not oh, Swedish? Like enough? Existential like, do you just crisis. mean like yeah <laughs> it's just it was incredible it was such a get out moment because we were like why do you want ethnically not swedish people to stay with you like yeah. the children are like, hungry <laughs> yeah do you think she lets ethnically swedish people keep their shoes on <laughs> yeah <laughs> you never know where not ethnically swedish people have no. been <laughs> in their shoes you don't know what they've trampled that on that is it's one of those things where usually I'm I'm like, I'm so sorry that happened to you, but I'm actually really, really glad. glad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's like a really fun story now to be able to tell on podcasts or like at parties yeah, or something. Thanks for the just... content. It's been thin on the ground yeah. since lockdown's come around. <laughs> it really has. Bloody hell. Well, I just don't think we can top that, Anna. Oh, Do gosh. we? No. The only thing we can top that with is some Jackie Chan <laughs> magic. So let's, yeah. let's get straight into it. I think one of the reasons that I really liked Rush Hour was because they spoke Cantonese in it and then also spoke Mandarin and they made a distinction. Same. Right. That was my, that was my main. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you speak, do you speak Cantonese or Mandarin or both? Oh gosh. Uh, I speak, uh, my dad speaks, I speak Cantonese with my dad, but then I speak Hupe with my mom oh. because she's from, she's from where Corona's from. Oh, okay. Really? <laughs> I really should stop saying that, but, 
uh, it put us on the map. It's uh, she's from Hupe, which is uh, the province that Wuhan is uh-huh, in. Ah, okay. So I speak Hupe. So you don't yeah. speak the sort of handy Chinese dialect, the one that. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, you've got the good like the good fringe ones. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that you can kind of survive on if you're going to a restaurant. Yeah. Because often it's like Cantonese-run restaurants. So there's because it's it's directed by a white guy. It's by a yeah. white guy, but then uh-huh. they've made that by, yeah. distinction between the languages as well, which kind of insinuates uh-huh. that he was more on it than some of the rest of the film. But you're right. It was such that's so interesting. I wonder why it's done so sensitively. When did you first watch it? Um, do you remember? I when did it come out? Like, I, I think I was 10 or something. Like, when did it come 98, out? 98. Yeah, around. Then. I was 11. Yeah, yeah. So I think around then, like 11, 12 something, uh, I remember it. And actually, I think maybe I even got it as like a, you know, like a DVD set or those VCD sets oh, from yeah. Hong Kong. So I might have watched it on at home via like one of those like kind of pirated where they recorded it from the back BCDs. of the cinema <laughs> on a camera. Yeah, exactly. You just get someone's like, head in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, every time I used to just go to, to Malaysia, I used to stock up. Like that was our number one thing. Me and my brother would be like, can you take us to the night market? And then we just go to yeah. the pirate DVD place and just rinse the whole place. That's great. Weirdly, I think I remember at my stepdad's house, they've got Rush Hour 1 on VHS, not anymore. And then the rest were on DVD. So the crossover in time. Yeah. It's so great. It's, I love, love the film. I just always have, always will. My brother walked in while I was watching it and started like spoiler quoting from the end of the film. And I was like, (laughs) no, Sean, why? But also, yeah, I know that bit. (sighs) I didn't watch it back in the day. So the first time I watched it was about a month ago. Really? Uh, yeah. And then again, just for this, just to refresh. So, so I've not, got... w- I've not watched it with kind of, as we would call it on this podcast, the closed eyes, you know, <laughs> the childhood eyes. The yeah. Childhood eyes. But, um, yeah, I'm really interested now to say, okay, so when you watch it later on, what stands out where you're like, whoa, did not notice that in the late nineties. I mean, yeah, because it was, I thought it it was so funny. And to a certain extent, it still kind of is, but yeah. in a different way. Like, Chris Tucker is a sex pest. Such a is. sex pest. Yes. He's a horrible he sex pest. He is. To Elizabeth Pena, who is yes. such an interesting casting as well. I was yeah. like, this is cool. You've got a definitively Hispanic leading lady. I mean, she's got a very small part, really, but it's a cool part. It's the she's only got lady. cropped hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's got um, short hair, but she's called Johnson. I'm like, that's not Johnson. Exactly. <laughs> that's Suarez. Exactly. That's Diaz. Diaz. Yes. <laughs> not Johnson. <laughs> Just erased it. Yeah. Like you have everything identity-wise, but you're Johnson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like, well, uh, well, Which well. Which is really, like, badass. There's a, you know that scene where they're all kind of taking the mickey out of him when they realise, yeah. well, when they know his FBI job is, like, a, a dud? Yeah. yeah. And she's the one, she leans over the chief's desk and makes fun of him and hangs up on him. And I'm like, yeah, well, she's got clout. But then she's, yeah. still, she's still in an oversized T-shirt, but still just a T-shirt <laughs> at one point. We just had yeah. to have a scene where a woman... She had to be sexy. 
she's like, oh no, I forgot to put shorts on. <laughs> I'm in my kitchen, so I've just got a t-shirt on. I was thinking that, and I remember like from the second one, they have one where they're looking through they're watch like there's another lady who is also hispanic and she's just in her underwear and i was like even in this one like just a t-shirt i, I felt weirdly like is that progressive is that like <laughs> you're right is that though. weirdly i don't yeah you're right there is no um like tom wilkinson who plays the english baddie i mean oh yeah beautiful <laughs> um <laughs> but he you know he doesn't have a slinky silky lady sidekick or anything mm. there are the girls um who work as the waitresses in the chinese restaurant yeah but even then they're not they're for, not slutty yeah for a film <laughs> for a film of this ilk there's a lot less it's just chris tucker being an absolute sex pest yeah, yeah. he really is he really is and then when he's speaking of chris tucker because i love chris tucker me too and as soon as i start too, watching yeah. him, I'm like i love him i love him in fifth element i've just got such a huge soft spot yeah. for him <laughs> he's an amazing actor <laughs> and i also love jackie chan and i have a story to tell you about jackie chan in a bit <gasps> um but i just the bit where he gets off the plane jackie chan mm-hmm. and chris tucker is shouting at him literally as you yeah. say do you speak i almost i was like flinching away from the yeah you're already a very loud person. Yeah. yeah. And now you're doing the horribly offensive <laughs> speaker de English. Well, <laughs> can I just tell you how that line, do you understand the words coming out of my mouth, was all Chris Tucker and an ad lib. <gasps> oh. Yeah, I can understand he that. came up with I that. I can imagine that. So, what, um, I did a bit of research on how they feel about each other, how they felt about each other at the time. Because they're buddies, are they? They are really close. Yeah. Really are they? close buddies, yeah. But Jackie Chan hated him when he met him. I can imagine, so yeah. So there's yeah. this YouTube video of Jackie Chan at the Oscars talking about working with uh, Chris Tucker. And he says that when they had the first meeting about the film and his managers, Jackie Chan's managers and agents were like, this film will be so good for you. But he said he, he didn't need to speak at all because Chris Tucker would just not stop talking. <laughs> and he was like he was just talking all the time talking talking I didn't say anything and then you see Chris Tucker talking about it and he's like this man did not say anything and I was like I had to take one of the directors to the side and be like does he speak English because how are we going to do this movie and play buddies if he doesn't speak English and they were like no that's no nice. he's just checking you out that's what he does he's just checking you out which he does in the yeah. film which he does in the film yeah. and that's where it came from but oh. yeah but also Jackie Chan when he did that film didn't speak very good English and when their relationship kind of kicked off and the chemistry was there Chris Tucker would stand behind the camera with Jackie Chan's lines like cardboard taped onto him Aww. for him and there's this lovely outtake where Jackie Chan like rolls into shot and goes cheese and he's like man it's freeze <laughs> <laughs> so Jackie Chan taught Chris Tucker to do his own stunts wow. and Chris Tucker helped him learn English Oh my God, that's so sweet. I just love <laughs> him so much. Isn't that such a heartwarming story? But it comes from the fact that Chris Tucker was like, does this man speak English? I'm putting it into the film. I'm going to shout oh, in his face. Oh my God. So, yeah. That's the thing. Now that you know the backstory of that, you're like, that's not offensive at all. That's <laughs> yeah, just yeah. sweet. It's just the way things went down on the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so funny because I remember seeing like... Uh, an outtake where 
maybe it's from the second movie or something, but when Chris Tucker answers his phone on set. Yes. And you, yes. And Jackie Chan is so upset. He's like, you're working. What are you doing? Yeah. And then he starts talking on the phone to the person who calls. <laughs> yes. You're um, wasting the film. Second, yeah. yeah. You're wasting the film. <laughs> yeah. And it's so interesting because it's like Jackie Chan is so known for having such a hard work, work ethic, ethic and like just being like oh we're gonna retake this we're gonna redo that and just being so kind of well, creative I think one of his first films holds the record for the most takes for one shot it's like 2,900 takes <laughs> wow for a fight scene yeah that's incredible. that's worse than Kubrick <laughs> yeah in in this same interview Jackie Chan says that Chris Tucker was always late on set and it really started to yeah get to yeah yeah see that yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Jackie Chan really didn't like it. So he goes to his trailer and Chris Tucker says to him, could you come later, please? Because you're making me look bad. <laughs> you're the star. You can take your time. And Jackie Chan was like, no, when I'm a director, I can come late. When I'm an actor, I, you know, you're wasting money. Turn up on time. And he turned, Chris Tucker turned up on time every day. Wow. From then. So, and then, yeah, I love it. I love it. What- <laughs> I've spaffed all my knowledge now. I'm going to bed. <laughs> I think they're, um, the blooper reel is always such oh a good uh, indication of the relationship on set. Yeah. Yes. And you can yeah. just see that they're having fun. I particularly love the bit where Chris Tucker at the end of the film is like, Shishini. And, uh, <laughs> and he just sees like, Shishishi, Shishishi, Shishishi. Yeah. And Jackie Chan is <laughs> absolutely roasting him for being like, but you can tell there's like that little bit of him being like, see, I've learned a whole fucking language. You can't say three words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I think it's in the second film where he says the gefilte fish and there's a blooper. Yeah, like, yeah, on the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a whole. Um, so let me tell you my Jackie Chan story. So and yes, please. It's not, I wish it was something about me personally and Jackie Chan. It's not that. So just bring your expectation levels down. <gasps> but when I was at, and it's a bit random when I was at drama school I trained with um Ken Campbell Mm -hmm. who is this sort of infamous theater maverick guy he trained Nina Conti ventriloquism he opened the Cottesloe theater with like mad he basically total maverick he's now gone and the world is a darker place but yeah amazing man (laughs) but he had all these crazy things like he was into necromancy and he was into this and into that uh, such a fucking blow right from the dark there Anna that's not yeah. what I was expecting the next <laughs> sentence to be or, or like he was like, he was into like weird spiritual practices okay. from around the world he'd be like oh there's these people that like ghosts inhabit their bodies by sucking up spirits through their ass <laughs> they suck them up and they embody them ah, I'm getting Campbell anyway <laughs> he once said he, he went to he said oh, I once went to um to see a psychic and he was in he was in graveyard in uh in Ilford or something like that. And he he was embodied by the spirit of Laurence Olivier. And so anyway, so I'll stop doing this creepy impression of Ken Campbell. It's, it's very good. So very good. Basically he went and saw this psychic who was possessed by Laurence Olivier and he was like, Well, what am I gonna ask Laurence Olivier? Now I have the opportunity. And he said, I know, I know what I'll ask Laurence Olivier. Who is the greatest actor alive? today and he said Laurence Olivier's eyes looked out from this man's face and said without question Jackie Chan and I thought about it and I thought he's not wrong and I was, 
That's hilarious. He said he went and watched all of Jackie Chan's movies and he's come to the conclusion that the spirit of Laurence Olivier was right. Did that, it was, did he go and watch the movies just to be like, I wonder if that was Laurence Olivier? <laughs> Actually, the films are quite good. It must have yeah. been him. <laughs> if, if Larry, if Larry says so, then there has to be something in it. So I'll just go check that out. Well, and he did. Yeah. I think he's fantastic in this film. I think he's fantastic. Here is something that did make me think, though. I haven't seen uh, the whole wealth of Jackie Chan films, but I know that even before Rush Hour, he's very, very funny. And Mm -hmm. I did feel a bit like this film, Mm. he was was funny in it, but Chris Tucker's so abrasive and so loud that I felt like Jackie Chan bought the action and that skill and was a good sideman to Chris Tucker. But I was like, he's funnier than this. I've seen him be funnier than this. Well, he's really, like, he's such a, the fact that he can do comedy uh, action or he can he can do action in a funny way mm-hmm. is, uh, that's such a skill, yeah. like you're saying, Emily. Like, he, because I saw a video of, there's such a difference between, like, Hong Kong um, action films and like Western action films because in Hong Kong they will have the person who choreographs the action to direct the action scenes so the scenes always look different and they're always filmed in like a wide shot which is traditionally like comedy lives in a wide shot kind of thing right. and so Jackie Chan has so much experience directing that part of his films but when you go to a western kind of filmmaking industry they don't spend the time or money into doing that and you can see that they're the way that they film action is kind of in a close shot and then they right before the punch they don't film the punch Uh they cut and then you see the result of the punch so to give you like the idea that a punch has happened or something like that and also people can fly further back that way yeah yeah exactly exactly (laughs) so it's like it changes the dynamic of um like how action is perceived uh is what the youtube video i watched was saying (laughs) (laughs) but um i think that that maybe affected it i think that's so interesting because i also was looking and seeing he's he's very influenced by like buster keaton particularly Um, and that kind of sort of slapstick, full body comedy mm. um, that he definitely embodies in his style of, of martial arts and, and action sequences. And if you think about like old MGM films, like, you, you know, make them laugh, make them yeah. laugh. It's all like one big <laughs> wide shot and you're seeing it all happen yeah. because you're, you're, like you say, you're giving it space for the, for the actual performer rather than the performance. Yes. Yeah. Rather than like the idea of a punch, it's like, they got skills. Yeah. yeah. They are skills. Um, but I also think, to your point, Emily, that I think there's two things at play in terms of him maybe not being his, bringing his full comedy chops uh, palette. Is <laughs> one, I do. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Racist. <laughs> How unfortunate. <laughs> Oh, comedy chops would be a great um, <laughs> comedy martial arts like skill. Yeah, and definitely a white person would have come up with the name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you. Or me. But I think the two things, one, that um, it was his breakout Hollywood movie, if I'm, I believe that's mm-hmm. correct. So he really was only just learning English. Yeah. It wasn't as, he's much better at speaking English now or further down yeah. the line. So it kind of protected that space a little bit. But also, and as you say, Chris Tucker is so Chris Tucker. But 
Also, they are playing so much to the stereotypes of mouthy black LA so much yeah. to um, sort of very respectful and dutiful and moral code, quiet, introspective Chinese man. They're really playing those. Yeah. And it's it's really interesting because you get, they, they play it and then they also comment on it. There's a meta flow of, of that information where, you know, I thought you couldn't speak English. You didn't ask me. You just assumed. You assumed I was this emotionless, quiet Chinese guy. Yeah. And the FBI are doing that with Chris Tucker. Yes. They're like, oh, this mouthy, flashy black guy from the elevator. They're so condescending to him. Yeah. To both of them, actually. Yeah. Quick side note, where the hell is Chris Tucker's car from? How has he got that car? <laughs> I know. You, how do you afford that in like the LAPD? He's just a detective, isn't he? At no point is that sort of... I thought they'd just throw a little bone. This was my dad's... He saved all his life or whatever. No, no he's just got... I feel got, like that was Chris Tucker in his fucking... It's probably his car, his isn't it? Yeah, demanding that he has <laughs> yeah. that car. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've got a $100,000 car. Yeah. Probably <laughs> lives in like a complete shit pile. Yeah. Mm. That was a great side note, Anna, by the way. The car yeah, needed just, acknowledging. Yeah. So Tom Wilkinson, we started talking really briefly about him at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. The the colonialism, mm-hmm. yeah, it really does hang heavy over the whole that whole bad guy side of things. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was great. It is great because there's <laughs> too, so yeah. many. Like the the cop buddy film, the formula is kind of you know it's very lethal weapon setup. You know it's been done and it works for its own reasons. But they could have chosen anything anything for this bad guy it could have been so many motives so i really like that it's it's the ultimate bad it's because it's real yeah 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 yeah. That's, this is <laughs> well it's, it's still so relevant um, yeah. to hong kong as well but it's yeah. this thing of like we're britain <laughs> we own you we get to have all this stuff because we, and then we get to keep it <laughs> yeah exactly and we get to leave and it's so like, and I like the fact that it was like, I'm going to pretend to be your friend, but actually I'm the one who kidnapped your daughter. Like, I think that's beautiful. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's so perfect, isn't it? Because it's this, it's this colonial benevolence of like, we're here to protect you. We're here. Yeah. We love you. But actually over and above everything, we think we are better than you and yeah. we deserve your stuff. Yeah. And you guys can go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He really believes that he's, like his motivation, if you haven't watched it, listener, is that he's been this bad guy, this mysterious Juntao figure, and he's acquired this huge, but I think he's, what was his role? He's Because he's already a powerful man, right? What's yeah, the I, embassy? Can't, I can't remember. I mean, he's friends with a consulate which is Han, who gets his daughter to kidnap, but I can't remember isn't like he, what his job is. Isn't some kind of like, it, I think it's a direct flip, like he's in conservation of something. Because at the start, they're oh. having that meal and he's like, we saved yeah. these artifacts. Do you remember? Because at the start, there's that big kind of scene in the dark. But I thought maybe he's now in charge of, quote unquote, in charge of Hong Kong now because the cons- consul's leaving. Maybe. Oh. It's big though. Yeah. It's big, whatever it is. It's I love how we, we're like, none of us knows, but we're like, it's, it's, it's important. It's an important job. Yeah. Exactly. I can't find to it. Work. Just says, like, listen, he wears a suit to work. Yeah. He does, exactly. And he's he has, basically a politician mm, or a diplomat. Yes. Right? Yeah. Exactly. 
Yeah, or he has enough money to buy artifacts illegally somehow. Yeah, yeah. and he's he's got all this cultural history of Hong Kong and China that he's amassed in his own private collection. And then he's just outraged that it's going back to the people yeah. that it's been restored. <laughs> so that all of the people whose culture it refers to, he's like, but I own your culture. And what's so weird Give it back. watching it as someone who is half white is how clever they are that, you know, I was outraged on his behalf right. as well. <laughs> so clever. That- <laughs> so weird that they've made him the kind of evil person. Do you know what I love? I love that um, as with any swanky white bad guy, he has, you know, his minions, mm-hmm. his, yeah. his his more low, low brown minions. In this case, they're all from Hong Kong because that's where he is. And it's a, there's a very clever thing where they divert suspicion from him because the name of the bad guy is Juntao. Yeah. Yeah. And so it can't possibly be the white and guy. And also, I love the fact that every time they have like an Asian person playing bad, they have to be blonde for some reason. <laughs> Which is something I'm thinking of now because we're blonde now, but like that guy. We could be baddies. You going yeah. blonde is you going over to the dark side. <laughs> yeah. We're just trying to diversify our roles. Because <laughs> it's like, because it's also this thing of like, oh, bleaching your hair. Yeah. Like, you're insane now, basically. <laughs> it's true. I mean, even for sort of a Dolph Lundgren. Girl, yeah. <laughs> even white baddies, especially in the 80s, they were like, yeah, I've been at the bleach. Who has time for that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and I can attest it. It's His long. roots were perfect. It's arduous. Exactly. Yeah. So he's always touching that up because he's got a shaved head. Yeah. He yeah. must have to do that basically every week. I would week. love that film yeah. where they're on the call and he's the the ransom is fifty million dollars. Excuse me. He's got to put his toe yeah. up. He's just he's he's got a bath cap on, yeah. a shower yeah. cap. That's when you would have the time to make those really ransom. That calls. is one of my favorite lines, by the way. Like, who do you think you kidnapped, Chelsea Clinton? Yeah. <laughs> oh no! And then in the blooper reels, he's like Kelsey Grammer, Kelsey, yeah. Kelsey Hinton, Kelsey Clinton. Oh, oh that's another thing. See, stop the film. It uh, cuts to Sue Young is fine, and she's with Fraser Crane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's annoyed. He's like, who is this child? I already have to deal with my father. That's hilarious. But um, but they they have uh, a very shady, who is amazing, Ken Leung. Yes. Amazing Mm -hmm. actor. This was his debut film role. Wow. Like in any film at all or in America? had done any, because he's American actually. Uh, Oh, is he? Yeah, he's actually American and he had never been in a film and he's so great. He's really great in it. And and he's worked a lot with Brett Ratner again, I think the director, just because everyone, everyone who seems to have worked with him when I was reading up about him is like, he's amazing. Edward Norton worked with him and was like, he should play Hamlet. He should, (laughs) you know, but he won't because... He's Asian <laughs> and we couldn't possibly, but he's very distinctive looking. He's got a shaved blonde head. He's got for the latter half of the film, like this curved cut around his eye, which yeah, is very yeah. sinister and, and hot, but he's like he's so fit. Not in that, but generally he's so fit. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is but he's working behind the bar at the event in full view of everyone <laughs> yeah, at all yeah. times. You know, when he makes the ransom phone calls, he's speaking in his own voice, which is Chinese-accented English. And you're like, you're kind of setting yourself up here to be cool. Essentially, yeah, he, yeah. if he was Gentile, he'd be like the worst bad guy ever. Yeah, yeah. It's me. 
<laughs> and also it's like you you're a blonde asian nobody's not gonna look at you like yeah. nobody's not gonna do a double take you can you can really work with everyone's prejudice here and do the whole we all look the same thing yeah blend into the crowd but instead you're like um i think i'm gonna bleach my hair I'm blonde i'm creepy <laughs> i've got this scar <laughs> yeah he doesn't give a shit about being caught i think he wanted to be Ooh, because all. he didn't want those artifacts yeah. to be gone and he gets so nervous at the end like he completely loses his shit does he he just starts pointing a gun at everybody (laughs) and that he just like shakes he's (laughs) he's really really bad imagine him reading the script and being like oh so i'm a completely different character at the end (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. i do love that the whole that whole scene that whole kind of kickoff that the climax kickoff where they're protecting all the artifacts as well as fighting I love even just hearing <laughs> yeah. the setup where he goes, where he goes, oh, that that Buddha would look good in my bathroom. And Jackie Chan is like, these are the cultural artifacts of my country. We've got to make sure that none of these get broken. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, set up for the fight scene premise. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then I just like, that. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Kicking it off. It's so good. And also like the C4 setup oh, where... <laughs> Yeah, well, the very first moment C4 is mentioned as well. Like, hey, yeah. you shooting me. I got C4 in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> C4 is an explosive, don't you know? <laughs> the little girl as well. Yeah. I thought she's she, great. She's got sass, but she's not so bratty. Good. And I love that. Yeah. We talked about that in previous It's a yeah. difficult yeah. line to tread. Yeah. That scene where she's kidnapped also, like where can you go off the LA freeway and then immediately be in a place where a van, a motorcycle, two men in masks, you're like, is nobody around? Not yeah. Even like a, tra- a tramp with a trolley or something like that. She's like carried meters yeah. kicking and screaming. I'm like, no one cares. We were just on the freeway. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But she's like really spirited. Yes. Um, that scene where she's singing in the car. Oh, oh I it's love that. the best. It's so good. And she looks like she's just she's singing really Mariah Carey. I'm like, this wasn't take one. She's done that yeah. close. But it doesn't seem affected. I'm like, I believe you. It doesn't. We've been that kid. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I thought the exact same thing. I was like, it must be hard to get a non-self-conscious performance like that mm. out of a kid. Because she's not singing, singing. She's not going, oh, when you No, hold she's getting the notes wrong. She's <laughs> just having a lovely time. I was like, oh, good kid. Good kid. Really, really great. And, like, and the fact that they are like, she's going to fight. She's going to fight to not be taken easily mm. which is yeah. just that's just great yeah. because of her training from jackie chan yeah <laughs> yeah i love the right at the beginning what's he say i've written it down it says uh are you going to practice your kicks and eye gouges don't forget to practice your eye gouges i'll give you friends at school but then do you know what? that relationship is done so well as well because there's so yeah. many films where you that would just straight up be a talking point for this podcast where we'd be like that's not legit their relationship is creepy that's really weird you wouldn't let mm. them they do it they do it really well and really tastefully and really nicely yeah when i say tastefully yeah. it makes it sound weirder <laughs> no do you know what it is i do think that this is where um where the chinese temperament has a benefit because you're in a position where you can talk to a child and you don't have to be like 
woochie woochie woo. Whereas I think a lot of time with American, when Americans try and do, this was my slight problem with when we were doing Crash right. with Michael Peña kind of being like, oh, well, the fairies told me. Okay, well, I guess I won't tell you she then. She doesn't like children being lied to. I'm just like. She likes eye gougers. She likes kicks. Yeah. Just straight. Just straight up eye gougers. Yeah. yeah. I just like that he can just be very sort of clear and it's obvious that he really loves this kid but he doesn't have to be let me tell you a little story about a boy and a girl no fuck that patronizing yeah yes patronizing exactly oh actually now that you say that anna that's like i never thought of that but that's yeah that is probably like the chinese way because you don't yeah you definitely don't try to sugarcoat anything to your kids (laughs) like oh you're fat stop eating you're very fat just stop it or like oh if you don't clean your room okay then go live on the street or something there's no monster coming to get you you will be yes yeah exactly oh mom is a monster it's like no you're just a pussy (laughs) suck it up everybody sleeps with the lights closed yeah that's so funny i've never thought of that it's so, oh by actually a side note and this is quite random but like we love it. when <laughs> when jackie chan and chris tucker are eating and outside the chinese uh-huh. restaurant and he's presenting him with like oh that's eel and you see chris tucker move the box to his mouth and like pretend to eat and then take it away and he's chewing but it's so obvious that he no! Don't you did did you notice did that? Not I notice. missed that. I'm gonna go back and watch that. Me too. I have to see that bit. It's, it's so oh. obvious that he's not eating. Guys, something like, to Ooh. look out for if you're watching this after you've listened. <laughs> yes, I love that. I love little um, spots like that. And that it's so point, funny. that bit that you mentioned is another great bit because what the film does so neatly is bring something a stereotype in front of us and then. Yeah. Just lightly unpack it. Mm-hmm. Like right at the beginning when we first meet Chris Tucker, we're like, oh, a black man trying to buy something dodgy from the back of a, a guy's car. Two policemen come up. I mean, it made me have some... have some Yeah, yeah me too. Tough yeah. time to be watching Have some that. feelings about what's happened recently. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, guys, it's fine. And you're like, there is no way in the world that these two white policemen are going to be like, oh, that black guy in the flashy suit yeah. is, is legit. It's probably a policeman. No, that's not happening. But so then he's like, aha, he's a policeman. A policeman that gets his gun out constantly. <laughs> he is. <laughs> but he's a policeman. The bit when he climbs on the bus, just, you know, just going to hold that yeah. gun to Jackie Chan's neck. Just just waving the gun around. When he they're is. outside, they're like, oh, we're going to scope out the Chinese restaurant where we think Jun Tao is. Yeah. We'll just do some uh, fun gun play yeah. on the street outside. <laughs> just laying low. Just a just a black guy and a Chinese secret agent just <laughs> playing with a gun outside. The, who's going to bother us? No one's going <laughs> to say anything. Not in this town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny. And it's like he, Chris Tucker basically, he kind of, everything he does kind of ruins the plan. <laughs> but it also obviously perpetu- like, yeah. perpetuates the story and the plot. Because there's so many times when hot like the consul can just pay the money and get his daughter back yes but it would be such a like short film (laughs) but then chris tucker every time that's about to happen he just comes in and ruins it (laughs) yeah he deserves a promotion but jackie chan's like well he does yeah he's my buddy um so yeah that was another 
exactly a point of with the with the camel's hump and the eel. Everyone's always yeah. like, oh, you guys eat weird stuff. And then uh, it is delicious. So you should eat some eel. I've never had camel's hump though. No, but I love never. the way that Jackie Chan says it. Yeah. <laughs> it really struggles with the camel word hump. hump. I guess it's one of those dishes that probably doesn't translate. Like, you know, just call it what it's called, guys. Camel's hump. Yeah. Okay, so I think also we we should um, briefly talk about what I think is quite an iconic, again, I also watched it when I was like 11 or 12, moment, is the bit where he goes into, where Chris Tucker takes Jackie Chan to his cousin's backdoor poker oh, game. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, just do what I do, follow my lead. Yeah. yeah. He walks in and he's like, what's up, my N-word? Yeah. Hey, what's up, my N-word? And then yeah. Jackie Chan comes out. And is trying to be cool and just do what he does. Yeah. And says that to the bartender and starts a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, I don't want any trouble. I don't want any it's trouble, like- please. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I, because, and watching that again, it's like, I see how they've set it up. And I'm like, I, I understand it, but I'm like, oh, they made Jackie Chan say the N word. Yeah. And I was like, so uncomfortable yeah. with it. Yeah. So and now we know the backstory that he actually didn't even know that much English. Uh... But there is because of the situation they've put him in, the specific situation they've put him in, he's completely blameless. Oh, yeah. And so it is so compelling to watch him. The guy's like, what did you say? Yeah. And he's like, oh, um, how are you, my friend? Is yeah. that how you pronounce it? You know, like he's trying to say it, like, and it's just such a, a a nice roundabout way of showing, like, it is different if we want to be like film studies student about it. Like, Chris Tucker is not seen in the same way as the FBI guys because the FBI guys are old white guys. Jackie Chan is mm-hmm. not seen in the same way as Chris Tucker because Chris Tucker is black and Jackie Chan is Chinese. Guys, color matters. Yeah. We are not colorblind. You can't just be. <laughs> yeah. I'll just do what you do. I'll say what you just said. You can't do it because you're not. It's a weird one because I wonder watching that scene, I was like, oh, because you know, you know what's going to happen. And the fact that you're like, oh, you wrote, you wrote this scene and it calls it, it does call it out in that way, Anna, but you're like, oh, but you, again, just having a white director and stuff. I'm like, you wrote that scene because you saw the comedy in the obliviousness of the culture. And so I was like, does this scene get a pass? I don't know. Well, I agree. And I think it does it across the board, right? That he can't find him when he takes him to the Chinese theatre, the man Chinese theatre, because, quote unquote, they all look the same. Yeah. And And he just ends up flipping, like turning another Asian man, basically. Evelyn, is that legit? Do Do those scenes get a pass then? Things like that? Well... I was I was going to ask you guys that question like is it legit because it's mm-hmm. written by yeah. a white guy yeah, right yeah, yeah. and then does it play to the white perspective because we all know that white people have a way of finding of writing racial mm-hmm. comedy that they and then find justifying funny. it by putting yes. a brown person in it exactly exactly and it's like but when you're the minority you're like i mean this isn't that funny and as a kid it was like oh yeah haha i see how that's funny but i don't know like yeah. i i don't mm. know it's it's very cleverly it's a done. tricky one watching it for the first time in 2020 i'm probably less likely to give it a yes. pass how 
Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is 22 years old, so that's worth bearing yes. in mind. Yeah. Wow. But then there's also that thing, isn't there? Like the rules of the buddy cop movie is you emphasize the misunderstanding and differences between the two people so that they eventually come together, mm-hmm. right? So it's finding that line between did we have to have a load of Chinese tourists or probably Japanese tourists with the cameras yeah. and the, all the matching hats. It must have been a very weird film for Jackie Chan to film as well. Uh, not film, sorry, that scene. He gets onto the top of an open a top bus oh. to escape Chris Tucker, essentially. And they've cast all these extras as quote-unquote Chinese tourists. So they're still perpetuating the stereotype of tourists yeah. within a film with Jackie Chan in. He's also the most other... <laughs> Of everybody. Yeah. Like, he's... Yeah. He has to break into the house on a both the real-life level and the film level. <laughs> he has to break into the house where he's been invited by the console to come and work mm-hmm. for him because everyone's yeah. just like, an evil Chinese man is trying to get into the house. He's like, I have a job. Please let me in. Yeah, I love how it is like... it. It's just white people getting in their way. <laughs> So maybe that is very, like, just true to how it is in life. It's just white people getting in the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just let me do my job. I just want to do my job. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. I have this thing where, because we all do comedy, and when you do comedy, like, you have an intention with a joke or something you write, but then as soon as you put it out, it'll be interpreted by the people who see it Mm -hmm. or or you know read it so what you put out can mean different things and affect people differently because of that because of their lens then kind of being put on what you've made and so it's kind of this question of depending on who watches it because i know so many asian people and chinese people who love rush hour and it's like when it's kind of joking and the kind of race and stereotype jokes when they're made it kind of felt inclusive yeah. in a way it kind of it's felt okay weird. yeah i feel the same way yeah and part of it is because jackie chan is forefronted as probably the best person in the whole film yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah definitely and it was like oh you're making fun of our culture with us but then it's like a white person watching that film i don't know what yes. they would kind of feel or think it, yeah ah, i get this this is nice this is for the east yeah. asian community community but but then this is for them but yeah yeah. that as well is that there wasn't that much in the film that i mean apart from some of the fucking racist things that that chris tucker said that says to describe i wrote some of them (laughs) down um he calls him rice aroni oh my gosh panda panda express um send you back to panda express what else um at one point they go the fbi go it's him the guy from china Come on, guys. The guy from China? And also, also like when he pulls him aside and says something to Chris Tucker, he's like, I'm not going to let, I can't remember what the thing he called him was, but basically a Chinaman ruined this investigation. The investigation is into a missing Chinese girl. (laughs) Like, and the consulate (laughs) of China. They're not investigating it. They're just being like, can we have some more men in here to count some more money? Yeah. (laughs) Where are they getting 70 mil? I think we should just pay them. 70 million? You've got it. Take her. Chinese, you've got it. Take her. Sell some artifacts. (laughs) But... (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. 
This is a really quick one, Evelyn, but mm-hmm. as far as I know, every Chinese girl has one of those jade happiness necklaces that he uh-huh. gives to the little girl. Su Yang. Su Yang. Su Yang. Um, he gives her a circular jade pendant with the Chinese symbol for happiness or good, like good fortune on uh-huh. on it. And then later on, he sees one of the waitresses at yes. the Chinese restaurant. He's like, oh, that's Su Yang's necklace. But I was like, that's my necklace and all of my cousin's <laughs> necklace. <laughs> It's such a sort of like basic bitch Chinese girl necklace because it's it's like a cross, like uh-huh. a like a gold cross in a Irish Catholic so family. So you could have got literally yeah. any Chinese girl and been like, "Why are you all wearing Su Young's necklace?" Yeah. <laughs> so it's like that kind of cancels the plot hole, then, right? If you know that everyone has one. Well, also the other thing that I thought in terms of that kind of plot hole was. When um, Chris Tucker manages to make his way up to the hidden part of the Chinese restaurant to meet Jun Tao, and Jackie Chan is trying to find his own way up there, he intercepts a waiter who's carrying a big tray of food mm-hmm. and he changes, he puts his waiter outfit on and goes in. I always love that. So I always love to put myself in the mentality of these waiters. They do this so much in films where they go, oh, hey, no, it's all right. Kevin's out on his break. And you're like, but people who work in kitchens still know their colleagues. <laughs> they, they don't just yeah. go, oh, I guess it's just, this person just started working 10 minutes ago. Hey, they're silver, so- <laughs> silver service tempster. I guess so. Well, not in food chow, but there you sure. go. Um, but he goes and he puts on this outfit and he takes the plate of the tray of food. And this tray of food is going into the upstairs room that is full of actual Chinese people. And there's two chow mein and a thing of spring rolls and some crispy seaweed. And I was like, no Chinese person is eating this. Where's the camel yeah. hump? <laughs> Where's the chicken feet? Yes, exactly. <laughs> spring rolls? Are you serious? This is 100% obviously a white man's yes. crime. Arrest Tom Wilkinson. That's an Easter egg for the avid watcher so being like, funny. it's a white guy. <laughs> Oh, why, guy? There's chips and curry sauce on that. <laughs> I that would be so amazing if that was an Easter egg. The clues were there the whole time. The whole time. Like that's something that like Jackie Chan in a film would pick up on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He'd be like, "What is this?" <laughs> Nuh-uh. I remember the first time I went to like my first sort of proper boyfriend's house on a Friday night, whatever, with his parents. And they were like, do you want to order some Chinese food? And I was like, yeah. And because the way that we order Chinese food in my house, I just thought was regular, normal. And they were like, do you want chips? Do you want mushrooms in da-da-da? It was oh, that, sweet you know. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And oh, I was like... no. <laughs> I think I must have sounded like such a brat because I was like, I don't know what any of this food is. <laughs> what do you mean, chips? What do you mean? What's happening? <laughs> I hope you broke up with him immediately. <laughs> Charged him with crimes against yeah. China. Oh, crispy beef. Against Chinese culture. No, thank you. <laughs> and then I bet you ordered Anna and they were all like, what? She's gone to the yeah. section of the menu yeah. that we don't what is look that? at. 
Actually, funny you should say, yeah. Evelyn, because there was another boyfriend where he was working in Sheffield and I'd been up there and I'd gone to this amazing Sichuan restaurant where they do like the fish that's poached in um, chili oil. And it's so yes. amazing. And I was so excited to bring him because, I mean, how often do you go to Sheffield? And we went to that, you know, we went to that restaurant. I was like, oh, this is amazing. We'll give you that fish. And and then he kind of got all funny about it and was like, you just, anytime we go for Chinese, you always want to order and da, 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 and ha he had a problem with it. Oh. And genuinely, the feeling I had was like, if you've always thought that your nose is the, the nicest feature on your face and then someone's like, oh, I don't like your nose. I was like, this is a good thing because I know what to order because... I'm Chinese yeah. and you don't because you're Scottish. Yeah. I couldn't believe that he didn't value that. And I did very shortly. That yeah. was one of the first things that made me like, this is not going to work. If I go to a Japanese place with a Japanese person, I'm like, fire away. I want to know what you yeah. think is good. Please. I don't know. And yeah. if a Scottish guy is yeah. going to try and be like, mm, why don't I tell you a little bit about Kung Po chicken balls? I'm going to be like, <laughs> No, but they do a fish poached, okay? <laughs> Don't oh try and God. mansplain Chinese food to me. This is my one forte. <laughs> he had to go. He's dead now. <laughs> what oh, privilege. Gosh. Yeah, he is dead now. <laughs> I, I sent somebody for See? him. Since she's gone blonde, man, That's she's so, badass. That's hilarious. Was there anything else, Evelyn, that you... I mean, I think we've covered... I, I guess maybe in hindsight... It's like just looking at the actions in private lives of the people who are involved in this movie uh -huh. um, after, you know, like everything. Because Brett Ratner is the dude who's... Oh, my God. I didn't oh, I didn't look this. into him. Oh, so, okay. Yes. So basically, I mean, because of everything that's happened the past few years, we're all discovering that everybody who did Men anything in our childhood or made anything mm -hmm. are monsters. Yeah. So... Brett Ratner has accusations of six women for sexual harassment. And Jackie Chan, like, this isn't... Oh, his love child. He has a love child with, like, an actress. And this love child... Love child is such a nice word. It's hard for me to think that it's a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> he has a bastard. <laughs> with <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up. That's better. <laughs> An unacknowledged bastard who looks exactly like yeah. him, but he he's like a notorious cheater, no. which is, you know, yeah. that's fine if it's consensual, <laughs> but cheating. he also has, he also has like um, an illegitimate daughter who has been calling him out on YouTube and like social media. And she's also bleached her hair blonde, <laughs> cut it short. She's a bad guy. Can't trust her. Because uh, she's going mad. Um, <laughs> but she like just calls him out on social media and is like, he's not paying child support. He's denying that he's my father. He's He like also said um, when he, when it was sort of brought up, when it all came to light, uh, he was like, oh, yeah, no, I do regret it. But I did. I think this is almost a direct quote. I did make a mistake that any man might make. Oh, Jackie. Oh, thanks, Dad. Wow. <laughs> Wow. What a nice way of referring to me. Yeah. So I'll ask you once again. Are you proud of me, Dad? Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's um wow. don't look too deeply into I mean the the fact of the matter is with Jackie Chan is that let's not forget, even though he's got his lovely, smiley, rubbery faced man. He's a man. He, <laughs> he is a man who's been famous for a very, very long time. 
Yeah. And he's had a lot of privilege for a very, very long time. Top of his field. Especially in Asia, where Mm. this can go very much unchecked. Big time. Very much unchecked. And like his his own personal relationship with the son he does have with his wife is really bad as well. I guess he's just not a good father. (laughs) Yeah. I guess like a lot of very um successful men, they've just done exactly what they want whenever they wanted and um it's all absolutely been fine for them so the people in the film not legit (laughs) (laughs) chris tucker is now a very devout um christian apparently he does he no longer swears in his stand-up which i feel really it's a bit disappointing though isn't it because i feel like it's he's got a lot of edge chris tucker don't give up on the edge chris tucker yeah that's kind yeah. of your thing. You've yeah, got but a... He's done so much edge. I'm happy just remembering for him for the edge. <laughs> but it yeah. doesn't help us ask whether this film is still legit. Evelyn Mark, Rush <sighs> oh, Hour, dear. aside from the actors' private lives and directors' private lives, uh-huh. Rush Hour, is it still legit? I mean, oh, it's so tricky because it is that thing. I saw it with cl- bl- closed eyes mm-hmm. um, or like child's eyes. And it's kind of like when people watch... Star Wars thing because I can't get into Star Wars now because I never saw it as a kid and can't get into it. So I, um, it has a soft spot in my heart. I still kind of enjoy the film, but also on the level of like, I can't believe they did this or said that or got away with this. And the fact that Chris Tucker is kind of a creepy sex pest. <laughs> in it. I, for private viewing, can I say it's still <laughs> yeah. legit? You, you can all, yes. you can take that however, which way still you like. Legit oh. for private viewing. That's for great. private viewing and for enjoying with people who kind of get the context of watching it with the woke eyes. Right. Kind of yeah. as well. So a film that you can, it's basically, it's kind of like watching The Room, isn't it? Where you can just kind of... Say things to the screen and yeah. and make fun of Wipe it while off. watching it. You did, yeah. Wipe yourself off. You did. Uh, what a line! So still legit oh. for private viewing from Evelyn. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Actually, I think you've put a really great idea in my head, which is that there should be a whole library of films where we're like, if you can prove you're woke enough, you yeah. can watch this film. Yes. <laughs> If this is going to make you go around saying camel hump to a bunch of Chinese people, yeah. you're not allowed to take this film you're out of You're not library. allowed, yeah. <laughs> if, um, we have a section now, Anna, in any future episode where if it's on this level, we can just put it in Evelyn's library. Right? Yes! yes! Yes, okay, great. Evelyn's library, Evelyn's library. now exists. <laughs> Oh my god! Where we can include um, uh, when Harry met Sally, because quite frankly, Billy Crystal and his ideas about women are just rank. Billy Crystal, just rank. Get in the bin. When Harry met Sally, really should be on the list. It really should. It really should. And also, it, it stands to my point again of like, what was Hollywood selling us as a leading man? This is your love interest, guys. We get Meg Ryan. You get Billy Crystal and David Spade. David Spade. Oh, Anna, no thanks. Anna, you, you can't get David Spade into every fucking episode. I will. I can and I will. <laughs> I had a crush on David Spade as a kid. I See, totally did. This is conditioning. Totally they did. conditioned you to like were given. tiny white rat men. Tiny white rat men. Tiny white rat men. <laughs> <laughs> Emily? Oh, from Stolager? Um, because you watched it with adult eyes. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I never got the like. So really early on when we started doing this, we looked at Short Circuit too, which I'd loved so much as a kid, and the same kind of things. I'm like, oh, it's not legit, but it still gets a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. <And physical. laughs> um, it was oh. weird because when I was watching it with this one, there was just so many. My pen was going, so I'm like, well, that, that, that. You know, this kind of race element, this kind of. Uh, where's the women you know you write all these things down and we've started to kind of move away from those haven't we Anna with things that were kind of late well early to mid 90s because we're like okay well that would take up every episode (laughs) the film for me as a buddy cop movie I feel like it's still legit if you watch all the YouTube articles uh, (laughs) (laughs) because they make it so much more endearing and sweet and the fact that they're still friends. I was kind of looking to see if maybe, because I know that, that there might be even be a Rush Hour 4 coming out soon. <gasps> oh, because they magical. need money. So I'm really interested to see, <laughs> yeah, they need them, sweet, sweet dollars, to see how it's changed legit-wise over the years. Yes, yeah. This film, I'm going to go and I'm going to say, yeah, uh, it's still legit, but it has to live in Evelyn's library. Yay! Yes. Well- <laughs> We actually joked about on on my podcast with uh, Nigel Long, uh, "A Rise to Meet You." Guys, go listen. We were like, just make a woke rush hour. It's <laughs> yes, but then re- in real terms, realistically, what would that mean? I know we can't really get into it. Yeah, um, I quite but- like how not woke it is because of that reason that you said, Anna, that it's slightly it just unpacks enough. Like when Jackie yeah. Jan calls it out and said, "Nah, you assumed this about me," yeah. and that you know that the. They've got, yes, Chris Tucker's not really eating it, but they've got camel hump, they've got eels. That kind of legitimizes its non-wokeness it's, for me. Exactly. It's difficult yeah. to imagine or to, to, to kind of envision how it would be if it was woke because the whole kind of friction that moves the plot along is that they both think they are so different from each other. And that's, and everyone thinks, oh, the odd couple. Whereas yeah. if they were like, hey, man, I respect your culture. Do you respect my culture? Yeah. What? Where would we have the friction to move them along? Yeah, maybe we could just do it without Chris Tucker shouting in Jackie Chan's face for three minutes the first time he meets him. Yeah, that's and, true. Yeah, and being gross to women. And being gross yeah. to women. But overall, I would say it's still legit because bigger picture, mm-hmm. you've got a black leading man alongside a Chinese leading man who were both not Hollywood sweethearts at the time of filming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, heading up this big franchise. And I don't know if that was part of the reason why you loved it when you were younger. I know me and my brother loved it. Partly because you're like, I see me. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that I think it was, it was that thing of like, they're in Hong Kong. Oh my God, they're speaking Cantonese. Oh my God, it's so cool. And and also it's like, maybe is that how it is kind of realistically? Like when two cultures meet, you make fun of each other's cultures and stuff. I know my parents kind of do with their friends, like they're... They have an Egyptian friend. I don't know if you want to keep this in, but they have an You're Egyptian. About to call out your mom and dad, <laughs> basically. Um, they have an Egyptian friend, and he's gone to uh, Cairo, and he's stuck there because of COVID. He's like, "Yeah, it's going to take until September for me to come back because of the flights." And they're like, "Oh, then you better as well just get a camel. That'll get get you wow. here faster." Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing: the lines of where we find those edges with with people we're friends with, yeah, and affectionate with 
and and that sells a lot of it with between those two the affection you can see even from the beginning you're like they're obviously vibing they've got a good yeah. vibe when they're doing like whoa oh, huh, yeah. what is it good for? you're like oh they're having fun but um that line is always changing i think that's the line that dates most when we rewatch things yeah. from 20 years yeah. ago because it used to be fine that yeah. line's always shifting because that's the immediate terms in which we relate That's to why people. I'm interested in watching Rush Hour 3 because obviously they'll have moved on from um, that. They're buddies already. They don't... So if we made a work... You would imagine it would be coming from outside yeah, if anyth- towards them. if anything. Rather than... At all, mm-hmm. if that's what they're concentrating on. So, yes, I think they could make a bit more of a woke rush hour because obviously it works for two, three and potentially four. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't watched them. I'm hoping that... that <laughs> <laughs> it's well in two chris tucker goes to hong kong so he's the fish out of water yeah Good. and that's interesting as well yeah. we have we have a lady baddie as well so there's, yeah there's plenty of that she got blonde hair of, um... no she doesn't yeah no she doesn't okay well i'm gonna wrap us up and say that rush hour you can hire from evelyn's library very strict vetting process yeah. are you woke enough to watch this film. I'll go through your Twitter feed <laughs> to determine that. <laughs> Evelyn, do you have anything to plug? So I have a podcast of my own uh, called Rice to Meet You, whilst we're talking about <laughs> <It's> so great <laughs> the Asian stuff. It's a comedy podcast that I host with the comedian Nigel Ung, who is Malaysian. And we just talk about Asian stuff, like Asian culture. We talk about everything, really. Uh, but the podcast is sort of like a comedy podcast about Asian culture. So, yeah, check that out. Thank you so much for joining us on Still Legit. We'll post all the details to your podcast in the show notes as well. So everyone yes. listen to that, Definitely take a listen, guys. It's if great. this Asian banda hasn't sold it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll get you back on when we get to Rush Hour 2 and 3. For Definitely. Sure. We have to Thanks do those. Thanks for the library cards. <laughs> well, I think that's a wrap on this week's show. I think we've made ourselves very clear. But Emily, I want to know what we're doing next week. Uh, we're going to do a podcast called oh, Still Legit. Okay, you'll have to remind me about that. we the stories that we were told. Just... <laughs> <laughs> but the film that we are going to be looking at oh my is God. Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, Mrs. Doubtfire. And not only are we doing Mrs. Doubtfire, but we have an incredible guest who has chosen that film and that guest is comedian Sophie Duker. Now, if you haven't heard of Sophie Duker, you must. She is the host of... Now, a lot of you may have watched already I May Destroy You. She has a podcast called Obsessed With I May Destroy You, which is definitely worth listening to. Sophie is a comedian and a writer. She's written for 8 Out of 10 Cats. And then she was so good, they put her on 8 Out of 10 Cats. And then they put her on 8 out of 10, uh, I can't even say it, 8 out of 10 cats does She countdown. really has trouble really with saying that phrase. Say as Is you that why they won't let me on the show? <laughs> <laughs> but she's um, she's fantastic and very funny and I can't yeah, wait get to involved. have her on the It's going to be fantastic. So that's uh, for next week, guys. Have yourself a bowl of comfort food viewing <laughs> with Mrs. Stoutfire. We'll see you next week. In the meantime... Drop us a line, is it still legit at gmail.com? 
or get us on the socials at Still Legit Podcast or Egg Comedy, which is me and Anna. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see you, I guess, next week. Oh, by the way, if you've listened to two, three or more of these and you've come back for more, ask yourself this very important question. Have I supported the girls by rating it, reviewing it, subscribing? If you haven't told a friend, then are you really my friend? You know, yeah. just have to think about that. Are you our friends? <laughs> We, we need you guys. We're not Joe Rogan. And aren't you grateful for that? <laughs> Spread a little love is what we're saying. Okay. We'll give you a week to think about that. Okay. Yeah. In the meantime, sayonara. And bye. <laughs>